Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time. The Lord is good. We give God all the honor and all the praise. Tonight, as we have gathered, brethren, like I always say, we've gathered at the feet of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Two of the manna from above. Hallelujah. To eat of the manna from above. You see, and to drink from the waters of eternal life. Jesus said to the woman of the well, this water, when you drink it, you'll be thirsty again and you'd have to come back and fetch some more. Uh, but I will give you water that would quench all your thirst. You don't have to come draw water from this well again. He says, and the water I give you will become a wellspring of life in you. Hallelujah. The water of life I give you will become a spring of life in you. A wellspring of life in you. Jesus. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. You have a wellspring of life flowing in you. The fountain of life is in you. The river of life is flowing to you. That's the Holy Ghost. The life of divinity. Right there in you. That is why, you see, the Bible says that the first Adam, he made a living soul. When God created Adam in the garden, he made him a living soul. The Bible says he breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. The first creation, the devil tampered with it. And God in the recreation of man in Christ Jesus did not make him a living soul. The Bible says that um, he made a life-giving spirit. And the Bible says that as we are born the image of the first, so shall we bear the image of the second. Now in Christ Jesus, we are no longer living souls. We are life-giving spirits. Just like Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Just like Him. Amen. Because you see, when Adam was in the garden, there were two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. And that tree was for judgment. That tree, the purpose of that tree was for judgment. Hallelujah. And there was going to come a time when Adam would have grown in the purpose of God and come to the place of understanding where God would have allowed him to take of that fruit. And when he takes of that fruit, his eyes will be open to the depth of the wickedness and sin of the enemy. That is the devil and his fallen angels. So that he will judge them. Like Paul says, that don't you know that we shall judge angels? Men judge angels. Hallelujah. We will judge angels at the end of the at the end of time. So there was going to come a time when Adam would have matured, would have worked with God. Remember, the Bible says that, and and the word of God came walking in the in the cool of the day. Adam always had fellowship with the word. He would have had fellowship. 
growth to the point where he would have grown and matured in God so much that he would be ready to take on that fruit. And when he takes of it, his eyes will be opened and he would understand the gravity of the sin of the devil and be able to judge him righteously. The Bible says, judge righteous judgment. Hallelujah. And be able to judge him righteously. But you see, always the devil tries to step in and move you to do things at the improper time. The only two things, two problems in this world, attitude and timing. I tell you, brethren, attitude and timing, attitude and timing. Those are the only two problems. And always the devil comes in. Something that is yours, he will, but not at the appointed time, he will put you to take it not at the appointed time. And always it leads to death. Hallelujah. But you see, there was another tree in the garden called the tree of life. The question I ask myself is, why did Adam not eat of that food? And even that food, there was no command on it. Now don't touch it. Meaning that God was expecting man to eat of the tree of life. And experience eternal life. Immortality. The life of God is the tree of life. That tree, in that tree of life in the garden, there was Christ himself. Hallelujah. But see, we now in Christ, we've tasted of that tree of life. That's why we are no longer living souls. We are life-giving spirits. Life issues out of us. Life. The very life of God issues out of us. We are life-giving spirits. We are life-giving spirits. We can speak life to dead things and they'll come alive. You see, the greatest enemy of God is death. Not the devil. The greatest enemy of God is death. That's why the Bible says that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And the reason is God himself is life. Nothing dies in the presence of God. In heaven, nothing dies. Everything there is there since the beginning. Nothing dies in heaven. Nothing dies in heaven. There is no death. That's why when God steps into a place, everything comes alive. Anything that is dead and dying comes alive. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why Jesus said. That's why Jesus said. He that believed in me, though he be dead, Yes, shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Never. These are the words of our master. Shall never die. Meaning, as believers, we don't die. That word die, there is perish. That means we don't perish. We shall never perish. That is why when a believer dies, we simply say he has fallen asleep. Why? Because on the last day, Christ shall raise him up again. When the trumpet sounds and Christ comes, then the rapture, he shall be raised unto life again. He has simply fallen asleep. He is sleeping. When, remember when Jesus walked the face of the earth, there were people who were dead and they would come to the master and say, Master, he said, Jesus said, he's sleeping, I'll go to wake him up. He said, Lazarus is sleeping, I'll go to wake him up. Hallelujah. You see, to us, death is just sleep. He's sleeping. Leave him to sleep. 
You see, that is why even in the midst when we experience death amongst us, we sorrow because of the loss of our loved one, but we rejoice because of the knowledge of the truth we know and we have from the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not suffer our soul to see corruption, no. Because he said, but he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Shall never die. Death has no power over us. We have a life beyond death. The new life in Christ begins after death. It conquered death. Christ rose from the grave. The life after the grave is beyond death. Death can hold it. Death can touch it. There's a life beyond death. That's the life we have. You see, death is greater than natural life. Death is greater. That's why everything that is born or anything that comes into this one naturally gravitates towards death. Agents of death tend to attack it and then it gradually dies. Everything dies. You understand? But there is a life greater than death. It's called spirit life. Hallelujah. Amen. It's called spirit life. That's the life. Or in other words, it is called eternal life. It is called Zoe, the life of God. Divine life. Spirit life. Spirit life. Spirit life. Hallelujah. And this is the life that we have. This is the life that we have. Amen and amen. Amen. Anyways, that is not my message for today. Today, I have a very simple message. Actually, remember last week we spoke about this year, what our focus is going to be. We said three things. Our focus is going to be Christ and the gospel. And then the thirdly, a focused life of faith. Today I wanted to begin a, a new series. We've been studying on the series of faith since last year into this year. We concluded last week that, you know, the only check for our faith ought to be love and that our faith must work by love. The only thing that matters to God for you as a believer is your faith working by love. That was the conclusion of the whole matter. And today my intention actually was to begin a series. I was, I was talking to the elders that I was going to begin a series, a new series on the Christ. Hallelujah. The Christ. Understanding the Christ. Who he is and what he is to us. Hallelujah. Uh, but as I was preparing the messages, I felt moved by the Spirit to handle something before we talk about that. So I pushed that for next week. So this evening, or tonight, I want to talk to you about something very simple, yet so important. Yet so important. And sometimes, believers overlook it, and it has become a bane in the life of believers. Why? Because many are missing on, they are missing out on their miracle. They are missing out on the plan and purpose of God for their lives. Many are making God angry at them. Mm. I know that we have said that in Christ Jesus, God is never angry, angry at you because Christ has taken away the anger of God. But I want to show you something. When I say God is, many make God angry at them. I want to show you something. Hallelujah. Not angry at you in the sense that you've sinned or something like that, but I want to show you something. You, we make God frustrated. Or we, let me just say, 
we make God's hand short in our lives. We stifle the power of God in our life by this. I want to show you something. Tell with me your Bibles. Today we are going to read a lot of scripture. So I want, I want us all to open our Bibles with you. I want someone to open to Philippians chapter number 2. And we are going to read from verse 12 to 16. Philippians chapter number 2 from verse 12 to 16. And I want somebody else to open to Luke chapter 7, verse 31 to 34. So let's see. Who, who is going to open to Philippians chapter number 2, verse 12 to 16? Any, any volunteer? Any, any volunteer for Philippians 2, 12 to 16? Oh, you all don't have your Bibles with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that. Okay, Bennett is taking that. So who is going to take Luke 7, 31 to 34? Luke 7, 31 to 34. Who is going to take it? Who is going to take Luke 7? Yeah, okay. Um, Andrew is going to take 31 to 34. And the, the next one is Numbers 11, 1 to 6. Numbers 11, 1 to 6. Who's going to take numbers for us? Hello? Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, Carla. Carla is going to take numbers 11, 1 to 6. And the last one we are going to read is numbers chapter number 20. Numbers chapter number 20. Okay. Is, is that Rhoda or Gabby? Gabby. Gabby, okay. Gabby, yours is numbers 20. Verse 1, and we're going to read to 12. To 12. Okay. Numbers 21, 12. Okay. Now, brethren, there is something I want you to see here. All right. And we are going to start from the Old Testament, and we are going to come into the New. All right. We're going to start from the Old Testament, and we'll come into the New. So, Carla. Carla has Numbers 11, 1 to 6. Carla, you want to read it for us? Yes. Okay. Numbers 11, 1-6. Um, the people soon began to complain to the Lord about their hardships. And when the Lord heard them, his anger blazed against them. Fire from the Lord raged among them and destroyed the outskirts of the camp. The people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Sabera, the place of burning. Because the fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Then the foreign rabbis who were traveling with the Israelites began to praise the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Mm -hmm. we remember wait, Carla, Carla, you want to wait? Carla, one second. I want you to read that part again. Read verse 4 into verse 5 again. Right. That's very, I want us to listen to this, very, this part very well. Carla, you want to read it again? Sure. Then the foreign yeah, rabbis who were traveling with the Israel began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember all the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt, and we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic that we wanted. That's four to five. Mm -hmm. And the last one is verse 6. 
but now our appetites are gone, and the day after day we have nothing to eat but this mana. Mm. But day after day we have nothing to eat but this manna. Hallelujah. You know what manna is? Manna is a Hebrew word that simply means what is this? God gave the Israelites angels food. Food from heaven. It rained from heaven like water. And the, Israel, the Israelites saw it and you know their response to God. They said what is this? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's interesting. I we not like that sometimes? When God brings things into our lives, we say, what is this? We yeah. call him manna. Anyways, this is interesting. We are going to, let's go to Numbers 20. Um, that we want to read Numbers 20 for us. 20 verse 1 to 12. Then came the children of Israel even the whole congregation into the desert in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people called with Moses and sparkled, saying, I mean, and saying, would God, would God that we have died when our brethren die before the Lord? And why have ye brought us, brought up the congregation of the Lord unto this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have yet made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of, or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord said unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak yet unto the rock, before their eyes, and he shall give you forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water unto the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their breast milk. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand with his rod, and he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their breasts also. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. 
Now let's move to the New Testament. This is interesting. Do you see the life of the Israelites in the desert when God was leading them by Moses into the land of promise? After all that God had done in their eyes, these people had a certain attitude. That's what we're going to look at today. Let's go to the New, New Testament. Who is reading Luke 7, 31 to 34? Entry. Luke 7, 31 to 34. Uh, Luke chapter 7, 31 to 34. 31. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, and calling one to another, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. And we have mourned to you, and ye have not worked. 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking wine, and ye say, he had a devil. 34. The son of man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, behold, a glutinous man, a wine biber, and a friend of publicans and a sinner. Oh, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. It looks like the attitude of the Israelites did not say with their forefathers. It came down the generations. Let's look into Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 16. Ben, Philippians 2, yeah. 12 to 16. Okay. Yeah, Philippians 2, 12 to 16. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Do all things without murmurings and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse, perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Brethren, entire message I'm about to preach in one in, in three words. In three words. From all the scriptures that we've read, all that the Spirit of God is saying to you is do not complain. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Do not what complain. The reason I made us read the Old Testament is because, you know, the Old Testament gives us examples. The Bible says that these things were written for our learning, that we through the examples of the, the people of old may through patience receive the promise. You understand? The Old Testament gives us examples. And or the instruction in righteousness in the New Testament is that do all things without memorying or complaining or dis of finding fault. Hallelujah. There is an attitude that is crippling the lives of many believers. Or let me say some believers. It's a very, very bad attitude. It's not an attitude consistent with the Spirit of God. And it's not an attitude consistent with faith. If you want to walk with God, 
you must daily live a life of trust in him without murmuring or complaining. A believer who complains or a believer who murmurs and finds fault with every situation can never experience fully the promise of God for his life. As a matter of truth, he will always be frustrated. And that is a kind of, that is an, an attitude that the devil has, you know, successfully worked into the lives of some believers. They are always finding fault and complaining, murmuring, disputing about everything. If it rains, oh, why is it raining? If it shines, why is it shining? Remember what Jesus said. He said, what shall I a man of this generation? They are like children sitting at the marketplace. They said, "We pipe to you and we do not dance. <laughs> we pray the fruit for you do not. We mourn for you and you do not weep. You do not weep." He said, "John came neither eating nor drinking, and what did they call John? They said John had the demon. Jesus came eating and drinking. They said Jesus is a, a wine buyer and a glutton." So what should we do? We should we eat or we should not eat? <laughs> because if you eat, you are a wine buyer and a glutton. If you don't eat, you are a demon. So what should you do now? You see, that is the kind of attitude some believers have. They always complain about every single thing in life. They can simply trust. That God will lead them. God will guide them. But no matter the kind of situation they find themselves in, the Lord has never left them nor forsaken them. And instead of finding fault, rather believe and walk in faith towards God. They would have to find a reason to complain about the situation, complain about where they are, complain about their job, complain about this... Hallelujah. Now when we go back to the Old Testament, we see an example of that, and we see what happened to them and the response of God. In Numbers 11, which Gabi read, listen to them. The Israelites, Numbers actually 11, which color it, the Israelites were craving the seed, the leaven, the cucumbers, the onions, and the garlic of Egypt. When God had wrought a mighty deliverance and was bringing them into the promise, into the land flowing with milk and honey, just a little distress in the desert and thinking about the garlic of Egypt, and they started complaining among themselves. They started complaining among themselves. And the Bible says that God was angry. His anger burned hot against them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. And the place was called Tabera. Now because of what Christ has done, when we behave that way, the anger of God does not burn hot against us. <laughs> Even though some of us will be walking with fire on our backs. <laughs> the moment you complain, God just releases Five lashes from heaven on you. Just whips you from heaven. <laughs> but then you, you have to really you have to really thank Jesus for what he has done for you. Because if not, the way some of us complain in life, complain about everything where God is taking us, 
the moment you complain right there from heaven and injure the saints with grapes to put you in check so you don't complain again. You see, that is the kind of character. The Bible says that that generation of the Israelites, they did not see the promised land. They could not enter in. Why? Because of the complaining attitude. The complaining attitude. They got to a place with all that God had done. God provided meat from heaven for them. They called it, what is this? Manner which God himself reigned from heaven for them. They called it, what is this? They said they had lost their appetites now. He said there is fish in Egypt at no cost. So because of that, they wanted to go back. Egypt. And some times it's like that with us. As we walk in faith with God, hard times come our way. Trouble, troubling times come our way. And during those times, you have to be very careful the kind of things you say. Because God is watching you. Most times during that time, we start complaining. Some believers will start complaining instead of being, you know, standing strong in faith like Abraham did and kept giving glory to God and believing that the God who brought me to this situation will carry me through. Rather, they resort to a complaining spirit. And they start making comparison. And let me tell you something. One of the things God hates is to make comparison. A comparison between where you are and where God is taking you. I mean, where you are now and where God has brought you from. And thinking that where you used to be was better than where you are now. That is what Israelites were doing. Are you trying to say that God has no intelligence or has no wisdom? He doesn't know any better? You know, it is actually an indirect factor of God. The kind of complaining the Israelites were Because then... You know, with the kind of complaining they were making, they're trying to say God is so wicked. We were in a better place enjoying life. You came to deceive us that you are taking us to a land flow with no canani. Now you brought us to this place just so you kill us. So they're trying to say the intention of God to destroy them and make their lives, you know, so miserable. That is what complaining does. Or that is what complaining means to God. That's why God hates complaining and God hates memory. That's what they were trying to say. But God is so wicked. God is so wicked. He doesn't think about their welfare. He does not think about their well-being. But what does the word say? For I know the thoughts I think concerning you, brethren. They are not thoughts of good. They are not so thoughts of evil, but rather they are thoughts of good to bring you to an expected end. The situation you find yourself in, why are you even entertaining the thought that God has left you? Why should you even say, will things get better? Why should that thought even come into your mind? Have you forgotten who you are working with? Have you forgotten who is leading you? Have you forgotten who is with you? Have you forgotten his word of promise where he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Have you forgotten the word that you have spoken that I know the thought I think concerning you? Thoughts of 
evil. God is not orchestrating evil against you. The complaining attitude of the, of the Israelites was as though God had intentionally orchestrated evil against them. But why would God orchestrate evil against his own children? He's seeking to bring you to an expected end. Hallelujah. Kick complaining out of your life. Memoring. Kick it out of your life. Fault finding. Listen, the people complained to the point where it moved Moses to do wrong as God. And because of that, Moses did not see the promised land. Remember the Bible says that Moses, God took Moses to a high mountain and showed him the promised land. And he said that your eyes shall see Canaan, but your legs, your feet shall not touch it. And God killed Moses on that, on the mountain. And God himself buried Moses. You know why God, Moses, because when the people were craving water and God said to Moses, speak to the rock and water shall come out. Moses went and smote the rock twice. He hit the with the rock twice. And the Lord was angry. If you read further. The why, why have you, all that God said was, why have you almost disgraced me before the people? Why couldn't you trust me enough to obey my very word? It was because Moses was so frustrated. If you read the account, Moses said to the people, shall I command water out of this rock for you? And he hit, he was so angry with the people because of their complaining attitude. They are selling church members. They complain about the church. They complain about their pastor. They complain about everything. To the point where their pastors are so frustrated, they can't even teach the word of God in peace. There are some wives complain so much about their husbands. There are some husbands complain so much about their wives. When their wives are coming home, they don't even have the peace of mind. When their husbands are coming home, they are so scared, they don't even want to come home. Because everything is a complaint and a memory. Instead of encouraging and trying to find trying to find the stand on the promise of God together and wait to why don't you find fault? Why did you do it this way? Why did you why why did why why did you sleep with your why did you sleep on your back yesterday? Why 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 did you why did you bath at eight AM in the morning? Why why did you leave the house before five o'clock? Why why did you why did you use the yellow bowl instead of the white bowl? Why why did you wear red instead of blue today? What kind of, I mean full of they always want to find a reason to complain about something. You know, the funny thing is, some have gotten to the point where they enjoy it. And it's in the church. A complaining attitude. Oh, this church, the pastor, you know, this pastor is just, I don't even know, Pastor Sam, every day, let's pray in the morning, and you come, and every time to Sunday evenings, let's, let, you'll be teaching the word, and you know, we'll pray to, why, 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 we pray in the mornings, we pray every morning, why should Sunday, why should we pray again on Sunday? Can't be just, eh? and sometimes you go over to about night, and doesn't he know we must close at nine o'clock? <laughs> oh my goodness a complaining spirit a complaining spirit kick it out of your life hallelujah 
God is not happy. God, God, God's displeasure is against it. Don't train your eyes to find fault. There are people who train their eyes to only see fault. You never see the glory. Listen, when you do that, you never see the glory of God. The glory of God will be here. You never see it. The glory of God will be so much. You never behold the glory of God in people's lives. You only be, listen when you train your eyes to see faults. You only see the weakness and the faults of other people. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep complaining out of your life. Kick memory out of your life. Kick it out of your life. Am I saying that when something is wrong, do not address it? No. But there is a way to do it. You see, a complaining spirit or a memory spirit is different from trying to address an issue. Something wrong and you are trying to address it or somebody is going wrong and you are trying to correct the person. That's different. Hallelujah. You see, people who complain like that, they don't really seek a solution. They just want to complain and frustrate you. Like the, 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 the scripture entry read, said, what shall I like in this man? When John the Baptist came, neither eating nor drinking, fasting every day, they said he had a demon. Jesus came, he said, okay, I would rather eat and drink. They said, wine, biber, and a glutton. Hallelujah. You know, the other day I was asking Rhoda, well, they said Jesus was a wine biber. Does it mean Jesus drank? Maybe they saw him drinking wine. That's why they could say he's a wine biber. Does it mean Jesus drank wine? But that's for another day. Hallelujah. <laughs> but brother, keep complaining out of your life. They frustrated Moses to the point where Moses smote the rock twice. And Oh, you can see Canaan because he smote the rock twice. Do you know that rock, that rock from which water came was the Christ? And it was the rock that followed them through the desert. And you see, you don't strike the Christ twice. Christ died for the sins of mankind once and for all. He paid for the sins of mankind once. He was smitten once. Hallelujah. You don't strike the Son of Man twice. No. And when Moses did that, he broke spiritual protocol. And that was it for him. He couldn't see Canaan. He couldn't step into Canaan, though his eyes could see it. Because the people frustrated Moses to the point. There are some children, they frustrate their parents with complaining. There are some parents, they frustrate their children with complaining. To the point where they become so frustrated, they do, they just explode and do something wrong. Same goes with husbands and wives. Even in relationships. Fiancé and fiance. Everywhere, it happens everywhere. Hallelujah. But today, brethren, I admonish you. It's a very simple word for today. I could go on and on, but bring my message to a close. Because the time is 9.01. And I don't want anybody to say, Pastor Sam, it's 9.01. Why haven't we closed? <laughs> but I know for generation nobody does that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, 
where God is taking us. We have to take that thing. Every time, train your eyes to see the beauty and the glory of God. Train your eyes to see the purpose and plan of God in every situation. Before you complete training, you see, listen, God has thought ahead. Let, let me not even use it. When I say that, I'm with, you see, before God does anything, he's finished it. That's, that's who God is. You see, before God does anything, he has finished it before he starts doing it. That's why he's able to call the end from the beginning. You understand? So when God says he's taking you somewhere, he has already taken you there. In the realm of the spirit, you are there. He's just coming in the realm of the, in, in the natural to bring you there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I said to Adam, I have made you a father of many nations. I've made you. In the realm of the spirit, Abraham was. Because in the realm of the spirit, there's nothing like time. Because we dwell in time, in the physical, there's a process that has to be done that, that you need to go through to get to where God wants you to be. But in the realm of the spirit, the moment God speaks it, you are there. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The realm of the spirit is ruled by purposes and events, not time. Events, not time. Hallelujah. Listen, let the scripture sink into your heart. Do all things without memory and complaining. But then let's say it let's say it all together. Do all things without memory and complaining. Complaining. Without yeah. complaining. Let's all memorize the scripture. Do all things without memory and complaining. Amen. Amen. Listen. Oh, how 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 your relationship, your marriage, your family, your own home will be so wonderful and peaceful if you if you if you just decide. That you will not be finding faults always and complaining and memoring about everything. You know there are people who, with everything they do, remember Jesus told a parable about two sons. One, the father said to him, "Go to the field and work." He said, "Yes, father, I'll go." The other one, the father said to him, "Go to the field and work." He said, "Oh, father, I'll not go." After a while, the one who said he would not go changed his mind, and he went. The one who said he would go did not, did not actually do the job. There are some people, when you tell them to do something, they want to do it, or they, they, they accept to do it, but whilst they are doing it, they'll be complaining in memory. Brethren, it is never a good attitude. Hallelujah. Today's message is very, very simple. I just felt impressed upon my spirit to chip this in before because where we are going, there are certain things that will be coming our way in your own way, in your own walk of faith, in your family life and everything. And these are the little things that block great blessings that are coming our way. The Bible says that it is the little foxes that ruin the vine. The little foxes, they ruin the van. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a song we sing. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. 
I see in you the glory of the Lord. I love you. Can <laughs> sing that scripture if you're always complaining about others and finding fault with others, and you are seeing only the fault of others. If you are, if you are doing that, what you rather say is, "I can see in you," you know, not the blame of God, other things. <laughs> and only God knows the things you are seeing. Hallelujah. But brethren, I, I, I. I admonish you, train your eyes to see God's glory. Train your eyes to see God's glory. Train your eyes to see God's glory. Same generation. Let's train our eyes to see. In, 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 in supposedly devastating situations, we see the glory of God. We see the glory of God. In, support, in supposedly defeating situations, we see the victory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Bible says that when men say when 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 men say pass down, we shall say there is a lifting up in the Lord. We see something different. We see something different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sadakapasutis. When men see death, we see life. We see life. Secondo Bosita Precuses. Maragagasusubakasasa. In the name of Jesus, brethren, lift up your voice and begin to pray. Talk to God based on the word that you have heard tonight. In the name of Jesus, talk to God based on the word you've heard tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of some of us, we have to repent of repent of that attitude. In the name of Jesus, Father, in any way I have frustrated your will in my life. In any way, I have frustrated your purpose in my life by complaining, murmuring, and disputing, oh God. I pray and thank you that this day, through your word, I have been enlightened. And I thank you that you have forgiven me in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray that may my eyes be trained to see your glory. To see your glory. To see your glory in all things in Jesus' mighty name. To behold your purpose and your will. To behold your purpose and your will in all things. In the name of Jesus. To see your hand in all situations. To see your hand in all situations. Le mason when men see death, may I see life. When men see defeat, may I see victory. In the name of Jesus. When men see impossibility, may I see possibility. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. My son, because when men see lack, may I see your provision in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, brethren. Yesterday, the elders were in prayer and were praying. Oh, we're praying for faith. As we're praying, the Lord dropped the words where it says, break out. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And the word that came to us is that for some of us, this is our set time 
our due time has come. Hallelujah. It is time to break out. You know, and the picture the Lord was giving us was when a hen broods on its eggs. Days when the time is set, the chicks break out of shell and they come out into new life. They come out into a new dimension. Before then, their entire dimension or their entire experience was in a shell. Was in a shell. But when the uh, when the set time came, they they, they 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 break out into a new dimension, uh, into a new realm, uh, into a new experience, and that is what God is. Uh, our, some, some of us, our due time is here. You are breaking into a new dimension. You are breaking into a new realm. You are, you, you, are, you are breaking into a new experience. It's your set time. And you know, there are some chicks that they are trying to break out of their shell and they can't break out. And the mother hen has to knock the shell with this, with a beak to break it. The Holy Ghost is breaking your shells in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Holy Ghost is breaking your shell in the name of Jesus. Listen, you are coming into a new Osati Any of us that have been having shell experiences, you are coming out into a new dimension in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In your marriage, in your marriage, in your finances. In every area of your life, you are breaking out into a new Experience in the name of Jesus. Mazagazo se becosantes. Beresi se kuta brakosi teke. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.